I'll just announce our guest speaker. We have with us tonight Brian Wills from Virginia. He's the author of the book, 10 Hours to Live. So we're very excited to have him with us tonight. And just so you all know, we want to send him out blessed. So there'll be a basket at the back. Um, the ushers will have one as you're leaving. Please feel free to bless our speaker as you leave tonight. So Brian, you come and minister the word of God. Hallelujah. Have you all excited about Jesus? Praise the Lord. Well, just turn to the person next to you and say, you're strong, you're smart, you're blessed, you're good looking, and you're a major blessing. Praise the Lord. You can just say that about yourself, right? Say, I'm strong, I'm smart, I'm blessed, I'm good looking, and I'm a major blessing. Praise the Lord. Good to see all of you guys tonight. I'm so excited to be back with you. And uh, and how many of y'all believe in some gr- for some great things for 2022? Yeah, I believe there's some great things that are ahead uh, for each one of us and for the body of Christ and, and even for America, right? I believe that America is in transition and there's some new things that are around the corner. And so we're uh, I don't know about you, but I just I just see a, a, a really awesome uh, future that's ahead, and I, I believe that America will be reborn. How about you? And uh, and so uh, before I kind of get started, I want to just kind of share a few things um, uh, and show you a few photos. But uh, you know, the first um, well, about six years ago, the Lord really called us, gave us a new assignment to go into the Muslim world, uh, and it was actually Pastor City that. We went on the first trip together to Turkey, had a wonderful time, and um, and it's just been uh, really interesting to watch uh, how uh, he's also been able to go into some different Muslim countries, and and uh, and then I, I've been able to go into different uh, countries as well. Um, and so, but uh, I tell you what, the the Muslims are wide open uh, to Jesus. They've been having visitations of G- with Jesus and. Uh, and I think the first uh, thing that I really shocked me was when we were in Turkey, uh, all the mosque, uh, no one was going to the mosque. So when they had the call to prayer, which they have several times a day, uh, no one was going in. You know, the mosques were just completely empty. And, and as you, you know, as we were there, we realized, you know, that the people are turning away from Islam they, after having 40 years or whatever of Islam, they've come to the conclusion, hey, this is, if this is what Islam is all about, we want nothing to do with it. And so, um, so each, each Muslim country is kind of at a different point, but, uh, it's just really uh, great to see that part of the world really begin to open up to the gospel. Can you say amen? And so, um, I'm just going to show you a couple photos. I'll, I leave for um, the Middle East this week as well, so um, just uh, we'll show you a couple photos. And, and um, this is Cairo, Cairo, Egypt, uh, Cairo, New Cairo, Giza. Over 30 million people. We just planted a Rama Bible School in Cairo. Hallelujah. Amen. My first trip to Egypt, uh, we went into the garbage. Uh, believers, uh, uh, before President Sisi, uh, believers were either executed or they were forced to live in the garbage. This is my brother Daniel. 
uh, Daniel had been trying, they had tried to kill him, tried to run him over. And uh, that was the, the Muslim Brotherhood. And uh, so anyway, we found Daniel. We prayed for him. And uh, if you notice the next couple photos, uh, that's what happened, you know, before before President Sisi, uh, before six years ago, if you were found to be a believer, then you were tattooed, you, you were taken into custody, and you were sentenced to basically death. Um, so many were executed, and then many were just sent to the to the uh, garbage dump to uh, to live the rest of their life. Um, so that's Daniel. That's Daniel five five years later. So just a just last year, Daniel has a new place to live. All right, that was my wife too. And uh, he, he's now working as an accountant. All right, he's got a brand new life. Amen? Praise the Lord. All right, just kind of a couple of, you can just kind of run through these. This was a crusade we did in Pakistan. Uh, and uh, yeah, just keep running through those. Uh, and uh, Muslims coming to Jesus Christ. And so our last crusade, we had 2,244 five decisions for Christ. This is my last trip. I'm standing I'm standing on the land that Pharaoh gave to Abraham. The Bible says that Pharaoh entreated Abraham well on behalf of Sarah. So one of the things that Pharaoh did was give them give Abraham this land uh, as well as cattle and silver and gold and and this is the new Rainbow Bible School in Cairo and uh and so we have 500 students already signed up. And uh, so it's, uh, it's opening its doors. And uh, we were able to help, uh, help pay, help purchase for that building. And uh, then one other photo is just me uh, standing in front of the doorway, if you still, if you have it. And if not, that's fine too. Uh, so it's great to see uh, things begin to happen. Uh, some of you uh, may know that um, I've been on a. Uh, we've been meeting. Uh, I've been meeting with different government leaders, and and uh, there's been some different plans that are in motion uh, to bring Christianity into different Muslim countries. But particularly with Egypt, um, President Trump had had a. He conceived of an idea to have a business plan that would reach into the Muslim world and. And so one day I was contacted by the Commerce Department and they said, would you help co-write the plan? So it was something that really dropped into my lap as well as with uh, my friend, Dr. Ron Charles. And so we've been working on that plan and uh, meeting with leaders. And uh, the plan basically is this, that the United States will promise any Muslim country economic prosperity, but in exchange, they have to open their doors wide to Christianity. And so it's in the works. It's working its way through Parliament now. Um, so there's a lot of significant events coming up. Uh, in May, there's going to be a new Abraham Accords. How many of y'all familiar with the Abraham Accords that President Trump brokered? Now uh, it's going to be extended to 14 Islamic countries. So 14 Islamic countries uh, recognizing the state of Israel, all right, and, and making a uniform front you know, in support of Israel. And so with that, there'll be peace and prosperity and, and uh, you know, uh, uh, all, all kinds. Of, they'll recognize human rights and religious, you know, religious tolerance and equality and that sort of thing. So 
Uh, and then later this year, um, President Sisi will be uh, announcing uh, uh, Egypt as a new republic, a new republic based upon human rights and religious freedom. And so what does this mean in the in the Muslim world? It just means, uh, and w- I wish I had a lot more time to go into these things, but it just means that laws will change. You know, as laws change, open doors to go in, the gospel will go forth, you know, and there will be mass evangelism in that part of the world. Can we give it up for Jesus tonight? Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. So if you have your Bibles tonight, open your Bible to the book of uh, 1 John. And I want to thank the church. I want to thank Sister Jen and Pastor Sidney for taking on this project to translate my book into Turkish. And uh, and so that's such a blessing. And I do have, like uh, Sister Jen said, I've got some books out on the on the table back there. So um, anyway, God is good, right? Yes. All the time. All the time. So it's good to see all you guys tonight. And um, God's got some great things ahead, great things for, for each one of us. And so if you found your place here in 1 John chapter 5, very familiar passage, 1 John 5 verse 4. It says, for whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, even our faith. Can you say amen to that? And I love coming to a place like this where we, this church preaches faith, believes, believes in faith, the word of faith. Amen. All right. And, uh, and so, uh, again, Paul writes, for whatever is born of God overcomes the world, and this is the victory that has overcome the world, even our faith. Now, the Passion Translation says it this way, every God-born person conquers the world's ways, the conquering power that brings the world to its knees is our faith. Let me say that to you again. The conquering power that brings the world to its knees. How would you like to see the world come to its knees? The conquering power that brings the world to its knees is our faith. Amen. You know, as you see what's happening, there's lots of trouble, lots of situations, you know, that that we see, you know, through the news media and all that stuff. But how many know there can be trouble on the outside, but we're not to be troubled? You know, there can be a great shaking. There's a shaking of nations. But it doesn't mean that we have to be shaken. Because we are part of an unshakable kingdom. Come on now. Come on, church. We're part of an unshakable kingdom with unshakable faith. Hello. And, and actually, if you read this passage the way it should be, it's, it's we should take the faith that God has given to us and shake the world. Instead of the world shaking us through circumstances or situations, we should take the faith that we have, come on now, and shake what's around us, shake the world. And see, we have to realize that you and I, we we were born for this. We were made for this. This is our time. God put us into the kingdom for such a time as this. So everything that's going on around us should not surprise us, should not shock us, all right? 
should not shake us in any way. All right, because God put us into the kingdom for such a time as this. We're part of an unshakable kingdom. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. And so sometimes you have to remind yourself that. I mean, I find myself going into churches and saying, hey, don't y'all remember that God is a supernatural God? You know, where, I mean, where, did, did we forget that the last couple of years? With, with all that has happened, with all that's gone on, all right, that we have to go back to these principles that our God is a supernatural God. Come on now. Our God is a supernatural God and he can move supernaturally. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Everybody say this. Say, this is the victory that overcomes the world, even my faith. Amen. Now go in your Bible to Romans chapter 12. Very familiar passage. Romans 12 verse 2. Paul writes, do not be what? Conformed to this world's way of thinking, but be ye what? Transformed by the renewing of your mind. You know, um, in the area of even with health, we have to be careful that we don't think like the world. We're up against a culture. You know, as soon as this whole COVID situation came, I, I said, this is all a setup for a great healing revival, a great move of healing. You know, and one of the the idols that needed to come down in America was this big pharma idol, the medical idol, that, that I trust in the doctor idol. I trust in my medication idol. All right? That's, that's been a stronghold. In America, for some time now, people would rather take their medication, all right, than you know, and go to their doctor, trust their doctor more than walking across the street to a healing service. And Jesus is the healer. Jesus is the great physician. Okay, and and so, but but we're we've been up against a culture of of. I mean, it's it's almost like you can kind of predict these things. Um, I remember. Uh, when my father uh, was reached a certain age, he used to tell me, you know, uh, you know, well, you know, when you get in your thirties, you know, uh, you know, it, it seems like this happens and that happens, and you know, and if you were to talk to people in the world, talk to doctors, they'll they'll tell you, yeah, you know, when I got in my thirties, you know, you start to slow down a little bit, you know, you're not as quick, not as fast, you know, and then in your forties, uh, you know, uh, all of a sudden uh, you get aches and pains and then you should be your 50s. I mean, this is just what the world says, right? You know, in your 50s, then all of a sudden, you know, then then things crop up, things happen, and you're like, you know, wow, I'm in my 50s, then their 60s, you know, then you got other whole set of other problems. Well, uh, you know, this this happens, right? This is this is the way the world thinks. Okay, I mean, if you reach your 70s and you're on no medication. You are a sign and a wonder. How many of you are with me? How many of you are hearing what I'm saying? And see, uh, the scripture tells us, and I'll just read it in other translations, don't be conformed to the world's way of thinking. This is how the world thinks. Don't be conformed. Don't let the world squeeze you into its mold. 
Don't be made like the world. Don't copy the behaviors and the patterns of this world system. You know, I, I mean, a couple of months ago, I was with Sid Roth. You know, Sid Roth is 80 years of age. Going strong, television program, 190 nations, okay? I mean, when you talk to Sid Roth, all right, he's, he's not planning on retiring. He, he's on television week after week after week. And, and he, 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 I call him like the Energizer Bunny. Because when you talk to Sid Roth, you know, and, and he loves to hear about the things of God, you know, supernatural things, testimonies, you know, and, and, and he's just intently listening to you, and you start sharing some things, and he just starts jumping up like a bunny rabbit, okay? <laughs> He gets so excited because he starts hearing about the anointing and about the supernatural. I mean, all these different things. And you're like, wait a minute, am I looking at an 80-year-old jumping up and down? You know, I mean, you look at Marilyn Hickey, who's now 90, 90 years of age, all right, still going to Pakistan to preach the Muslims, all right, got a television program, all right, all these different things. Uh, you know, i Kenneth Copeland, I heard early part of the year, you know, he's in his late 80s or so, and he's believing to, to live to be 120. You know, he's got this regimen that he's doing now. He's getting up early, working out, taking all these supplements, you know. So he, he's expecting to live to be 120. Now, see, that's the way we need to think. We need to be thinking outside the world system. You can either be conformed to the world or you can be conformed to the Word. I choose to be conformed to the Word. How about you? And so we have to, we have to come away from these things. We have to begin to think the way God thinks and we have to think according to the Word. All right. I remember uh, several years ago, I, I met uh, a billionaire, Peter Daniels from New Zealand, and he was coming into the United States and he he was he was thanking America for what they have done around the world, but he was also going into many churches and he was trying to ignite Christians, you know, when it comes to business and it comes to prosperity. And and I remember him saying this. He said, you know, Christians are thinking way too small. You should not just be praying for your everyday needs. You know, he was trying to shake people up because that's how the world thinks. The world is just thinking about their everyday needs or, or people are just trying to, to survive. And so he said, you know what you really need to be doing when it comes to your prayer? You need to be thinking how much money, how, much, how many resources will it take for me to accomplish what God's called me to do? So if I, if I live 20, 30, 40 50 more years of my life, I need to start with that in mind. So let's say I want to, I want to help start, you know, 10 orphanages, or I want to go on 20, 30, 40 mission trips, or I want to help pay off a church mortgage, or help somebody else in need, or start a Bible school, or, or purchase a building for this, or, or start a new business, or whatever it is that God's called me to do, I need to be thinking way bigger. I need to be thinking into the hundreds of millions of dollars. 
He said, so start with the end goal and put your prayers out there. That's, that's a billionaire. That's how a billionaire thinks. And so in every area of our life, whether it's our health, our finances, see, we're to go to God's Word and pattern ourselves after the Word of God, not pattern ourselves after this world's way of thinking. Go in your Bible, if you would, to Deuteronomy chapter 8. In fact, there's a guy, a doctor who did a study years ago. He, he found it really interesting. There was this group of uh, culture uh, in in another part of the world and he went there to do this study on these people that lived to be well into their hundreds and they were healthy and they were working full time. He said, wow, what, what is it about these people? Is it their diet? Is it their, you know, lifestyle? You know, what is it? And he's in his conclusion. Now this is a, a doctor. His conclusion was it was their thinking. It was their thinking. And so they, they actually thought this way, all right? The, their whole tribe, all of them thought the, this way, that the older you get, the better you get. So every year, even the men, the 60-year-olds would race the 20-year-olds, and the 60-year-olds would always win. And this doctor witnessed that. He said, well, isn't this amazing, right? But see, the whole people, they, they grew up thinking this way that as we get older, we should get better. Well, you know, if you look at the Word of God, the Bible says the path of the righteous grows what? Brighter and brighter and brighter until the full day, right? Right? In fact, when you look at the whole book of Proverbs, there's a huge distinction between the world and the righteous to the, you know, the wicked, you know, the, the wicked perish. I mean, uh, the path of the, of the wicked is destruction. But the path of the righteous, what? Is life and life more abundantly. All right. So, so, so when we go into this new year, this new season, all right, see, God is challenging his people to go to new levels. How many of y'all, how many of y'all want to go to some new levels this year? All right. New levels in your faith. New levels in your thinking. Come on. New levels in your giving. New, new, new levels of grace. Come on. New levels of doing more and more things for the Lord. You know, and, and so we can't plateau. We can't just remain where we're at. God is taking us to a higher place and to a greater place. Can you say amen? Amen. And so when it comes to our health, you know, in fact, I had my brother-in-law, he, he had these symptoms underneath his arm, this uh, tingling, all right, just a tingling. So he, he went in uh, to um, the emergency room and they said, oh, we, we, we're sure you're having a heart attack. Now, that can be a symptom, you know. And so they, they re- began to run all these tests and they couldn't find out anything. They found out nothing, all right. And then he went to a cardiologist. The cardiologist ran all these tests. So, so, so the cardiologist came back and said, well, we've run all the tests that we know to run and we can't, we can't find anything. However, you're going to have to take nine medications. And he says, nine medications for what? You couldn't find anything. And one of them was for high blood pressure. He says, 
Listen, I've never had high pressure in all my life. In fact, my parents lived to, to be 98, 99 years of age, and they died of old age. Never, ever had anything in their, you know, in their genetic, you know, system and, and everything. And so uh, he says, I've, I've had blood pressure, you know, like, you know, basically 110 over 60 almost my entire life. So he went to another cardiologist, and that cardiologist ran tests, came back and said, well, I have good news for you. You don't have to take nine medications, just seven medications. And he's like, this is crazy, all right? All right? And he says, well, why, why, why do you guys come up with nine medications or seven medications? The doctor says, it's because it's standard protocol. There we go. Standard protocol, okay? Finally, I said, Listen, I have a one of the top cardiac, uh, you know, cardiologists in the world. She's born again, spirit filled. She'll she'll take a look at your situation. So he met with her, and she said, "You know what? Those other two do doctors are whack. <laughs> they're, they're, they're <laughs> you don't need to do anything. If you want to just take a simple aspirin a day, that would be fine. But you are you are good to go. Hallelujah." Aren't you glad that we serve Jehovah Rapha, the Lord, our healer? Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Let's look here in Deuteronomy chapter 8. Everybody say, don't think like the world. God has a better plan. Amen. Uh, see, these, these people in their 80s and 90s, they're, they're, they're not planning on slowing down or retiring. They're not saying, oh, honey, we need to just go ahead and see if we can get on that waiting list for that retirement, that assisted living facility. Hello. Come on now. Paul was very firm with this. Do not be conformed to this world's way of thinking, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. You see, whenever you're faced with a situation like an obstacle, you know, you'll have a default setting. That default setting will either be the unrenewed mind or the transformed one. Everyone has a default setting. So when you come up against a storm, when you come up against an obstacle, you'll either fall back to that unrenewed mind or you'll have a what a transformed one just like sister jen kept saying hey say this with me yeah he is my provider he god will meet all my needs according to his riches and glory see we have to keep confirming these things right we have to keep saying these things over and over and over you know people ask me for the last several months how so what do you think about 2022 you, th you is this you think things are going to get worse? Well, I don't know. I mean, in the world system, you know? I mean, is this as, as low as it's going to go? Is this bad as it's going to get? You know, I don't know, but it doesn't really matter because my faith isn't in the world. My faith is in the Word. Hallelujah. All I know is that God will provide all my needs. All right? Look here in Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 18. Give me a second there. 
Got a brand new Bible, breaking it in. <laughs> Deuteronomy 8, verse 18. It says, And you shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you power to get wealth, that he may establish his covenant. How many of y'all know that God wants us blessed? Blessed so that we can be a blessing. Now, I had a, a, a guy that I know, he was reading this verse of Scripture. He was just meditating on it. And he said, Lord, your word says that you give power to get wealth. You know, he's reading it. He said, yeah, you shall remember the Lord your God, for it's he who gives you power to get wealth. All right. He's, he, and he's, just, he's just mulling over. He's just meditating on it. You know, okay, you shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you power to get wealth. And as, he, as he's meditating on that scripture, all of a sudden the Holy Spirit gets involved. How I many of you know, like when the Holy Spirit gets involved, right? And the Holy Spirit said to him, he says, I'm giving you my power. I'm giving you my ability to pay off your mortgage. And he's like, well, wait, wait a minute. The Word says that God's given me, let's see, he gives me power to get wealth. But see, the Holy Spirit got involved and the Holy Spirit said, I'm giving you my power. God says, I'm giving you my power. I'm giving you my ability to pay off your mortgage. And boy, he got excited because he got a rhema word, right? Right? A word from God. And he was like, whoa, okay. And, and it, it, it looked like it was an impossibility in the natural. So he went to his wife. She got excited. And so they started believing, all right? And then God gave them a strategy. And do you know what? Within four months, he was completely mortgage-free. Wow. Hallelujah. How many of y'all like to have be mortgage-free, be debt-free? Come on now. God is, God is wanting us to come up to some new levels. All right, of believing, of trusting, all right, uh, of putting our faith in His Word. See, see, this is what we're supposed to live like. We're supposed to be blessed coming in, blessed going out. Everything we set our hands to prospers. We're to be lenders and not borrowers, right? Hallelujah. So how many of y'all want to be mortgage-free and debt-free and, and be blessed, right? See, I believe it's a new season for the body of Christ. God has always been, this has always been His thoughts, always been His plan, right? He's just waiting for us to get involved, amen, and believe Him, take Him at His word. Go to Mark chapter 6, if you would. Everybody say, don't be conformed to this world. Yeah, we got to think differently. Act differently. In Mark chapter 6, we find Jesus. Uh, there's two stories that are back to back. They both happen in the same 24-hour period of time. The first one is where uh, Jesus and the disciples, they fed the 5,000. And then the second one is when the disciples were out on the sea in a boat. So we just want us to pick up the story here and uh, let's begin in Mark chapter 6. Uh, you know, Jesus had been teaching all day 
And what the Bible says, and the day was far spent. Uh, and uh, verse number 35, it says, When the day was now far spent, the disciples came to him and said, This is a deserted place, and already the hour is late. Send them away that they may go into a surrounding country and villages and buy themselves bread, for they have nothing to eat. And Jesus answered and said to them, You give them something to eat. And they said to him, Shall we go and buy 200 denarii worth of bread and give them something to eat? And he said to them, How many loaves do you have? Go and see. And then it says, And they commanded them to make them sit down in groups. So they sat down in in ranks. It says, And when he had taken the five loaves and the two fish, he looked up into heaven, he blessed and broke the loaves, and he gave them to his disciples to set before them. Now notice what Jesus did. He took what? He took the loaves. He took the loaves and he blessed the loaves and then he, what? Gave the loaves to his disciples. Say it to you again. He took the loaves, he blessed the loaves, and then what did he do? He gave the loaves to his disciples. And then what did the disciples do? They gave the loaves, what? To the people, right? All right? So Jesus got the disciples involved in the miracle. All right? Do you think that Jesus wants to get his disciples involved in miracles today? How about every disciple? How about every believer involved in supernatural miracles, supernatural provision, supernatural things? All right? And so... So Jesus broke the loaves, gave them to the disciples, and the disciples gave them to the people. All right? And of course, we know what happened. There was a supernatural multiplication. Uh, and it says this. In, so it says his disciples, they set before him in the two fish. He divided them all, and they all ate and were filled. And they took up 12 baskets full of fragments and of the fish, and those who had eaten the loaves were about 5,000 men. Well, how would you like to feed 5,000 men? Probably enough to feed 30 or 40 people at your table. All right, and then just right behind this, what happens? The disciples later that night got into a boat. Jesus was at the land, on the land. It says in verse number uh 47, it says, And when evening came, the boat was in the middle of the sea. He was alone on the land. And when he saw them straining at rowing, for the wind was against them, it was about 4 a.m. I say 4 a.m. And so Jesus came to them walking on the sea, would have passed by. And when they saw him walking on the sea, they supposed it was a ghost. And they cried out, for they all saw him and were troubled. But immediately he talked with them and said to them, Be of good cheer, it is I. Do not be afraid. And they went up into the boat to them, and the wind ceased, and they were greatly amazed in themselves beyond measure, and they marveled. Notice verse 52. For they had not understood about the loaves, because their heart was hardened. What does this passage really tell us? First of all, Jesus got the disciples involved when it came to feeding the 5,000. 
Jesus wanted the disciples to participate in the supernatural. Alright, but then hours later, while they're out on the sea, alright, they're straining to row. I mean, if you've ever been in a situation like that, I've been in that situation before and it's, it's not, it's not fun. Okay. But they were out at 4 a.m. in the middle of the night, straining, straining. The wind was contrary. They were straining and Jesus saw what was happening. Jesus came out there and, of course, Jesus got into, into the boat, got into the situation with them. And, and the Bible says that they, this is, that they, um, they had not understood about the loaves because their heart was hardened. In other words, when they came up against the storm, they forgot they had faith. They forgot they had authority. Jesus wanted them to know that they could deal with any storm just like he dealt with any storm. In other words, the earlier in the day, they had this supernatural provision. I mean, they fed thousands of people with just a few loaves. And then that night, uh, they were up against a storm and they forget. They forget that they have faith, that they have authority. Come on now. And, and so Jesus was saying, hey, their heart became hardened. They, they did not realize the, the miracle of the loaves. Why? Because what Jesus was saying is he was saying, hey, listen, I want you to participate in, in miracles. I want you to participate with your faith, with your authority. I want you to participate in the supernatural. And they went from a high to a low. In other words, they used, they, they were used of God hours before, but then they forgot who they were. And Jesus was saying, hey guys, you know, y'all could have dealt with this storm the, just the way that I dealt with this storm. And so how many Christians today that we have that are asking God to do something and yet God has given us faith, He's given us authority against situations and circumstances? How many of y'all are with me tonight? Okay. And so God wants us to take the faith that we have and to confront storms. You know, in Mark 16, verse 18, it says, uh, Jesus said, Behold, I give you the keys. I'm giving you the keys of the kingdom. Whatever you forbid shall be forbidden. Whatever you allow shall be allowed. I love what one translation says. Jesus says, basically, whatever you say no to on the earth, I'm going to say no to. Now, just think about that kind of authority that has been given to us. That if we say no to a situation, heaven will back us up. Think about that for a minute. Jesus said, whatever, I'm giving you the keys. Okay, I don't know if anybody has a set of keys, but hey, I'm giving you the keys to the kingdom. This is going to unlock the kingdom. So whatever you refuse, whatever you say no to, heaven will say no to. And whatever you release or allow, heaven will also release. You know, years ago when I lay in that hospital and I had that cancer that was growing by the hour, that tumor grew from the size of a golf ball to the size of a basketball, all right, that I was dying. The doctor said, you're going to die, make the funeral arrangements, 
You know, I was given three days to live, then given 10 hours to live. All right. I, and I, and I thank God for a Holy Ghost mother. She, she got right in my face and she said, this is what you need to do. We need to speak the word of God. You know, if that cancer is growing by the hour, then by the hour, we need to attack. We need to go on offense against that cancer. And so, so we took hold of the word of God and I began to say, I will live and not die and declare the works of the Lord. By Jesus' stripes, I was healed and by Jesus' stripes, I am healed. And I said, I said to that tumor, that cancer that was the size of a basketball, I said, in the name of Jesus, cancer, you cannot take my life. I forbid it. I will not allow it. I will not permit cancer or sickness to take my life. Come on now. I will live and not die and declare the works of the Lord. Because Jesus said, I'm giving you the keys. Whatever you forbid, heaven will back you up. Whatever you permit or release, heaven will also release. So I sat in, I, I, I sat, I laid in that bed and I just over and over every day I said, in Jesus' name, cancer, I command you to die. You get out, you go. You cannot take my life. You cannot spread any further. I will not allow it. My body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. Come on now. Jesus said, I, behold, I give you power. I give you authority over all the work of the enemy. See, God expects us to use those keys. And if there's ever a time that the church just needs to rise up and stand up in, with our authority, that time is today. We might have even tougher times ahead of us. But it doesn't really matter what's happening out there. It matters more with who we are and what we have. All right? We already have the tools. We were made for this. We have the equipment. We have everything that we need, come on now, to overcome in this life. Can we give it up for Jesus tonight? Hallelujah. See, God wants all of us, each one of us here tonight, involved in the supernatural. That's what he was trying to tell the disciples. That's what they didn't understand. Oh, I mean, God used me, uh, our hands, to for the supernatural multiplication. Yeah, yeah, he did. And God's going to use our hands, our bodies. Come on. We're the hands, we're the feet of Jesus, we're the body of Christ, okay? All right? And to, to, to do great exploits, to do great things during this season. I believe that the last time I was here, Pastor Sidney was talking about this will be the year of miracles. How many of y'all believe we're stepping into greater miracles? Hallelujah. All right? Extraordinary miracles. All right? Not, not just miracles from, from, people on the platform, but every believer, each one of us, believers, are called to lay hands on the sick. We're all called into the, a supernatural ministry. All right? Because we have a supernatural God. Let's not forget the fact that God is supernatural. We have to always keep that in mind. No matter what the situation that arises, God is supernatural. And, you know, and, and I often... I often go back, I think, you know, what, when it comes to creation, how I many you know that God created everything, right? 
What was in the mind of God when God created things? You ever thought that way? All right, so, so we know God created everything, like he created the fish, the birds, you know, man. I mean, but just, just, you, just you just take a, a, a few fish. You know, what was in the, the mind of the creator? The mind of the creator. Hmm, let's see. I know, I'll create an, a little fish. It'll be orange. It'll be orange, and we'll, we'll call it Nemo. I know. And then one day, that little orange fish will become really well known on a movie screen. Or, or maybe, maybe there'll be another blue fish named what? Darcy. Or Dory. Dory. Don't forget Dory. Yeah. And she'll be kind of dumb. You know, she'll, she'll be trying to find her way through life. All right. But this is like the creator, right? This is how God thinks. And then, and then, you know, I know what, I'll make, I'll make one bird that really doesn't fly. It's kind of, it'll be really fast though. All right. And, and, and we'll call that an ostrich. Or, or we'll make, or we'll make, you know, one, another, um, another animal like with a long neck. And it will be able to eat you know, way up high and put some spots on it. Call it a giraffe. See, this is the creator. Okay. And, and, and then we see in, the, in Genesis, God says, hmm, let's see. Let's make man. In fact, let's, like, let's, let's, let's make man and woman. Let's make man in our, in our own image and likeness. And the Bible says, and let's give them dominion over everything. Fish of the sea, birds of the air, let them have total dominion over the earth. See, that was the plan from the very beginning that God had. Let us make man in his image, in his likeness, and give man dominion over the fish, over the birds, over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. Just think about that. That was in the heart, that was in the mind of God. And then, God doesn't stop there. He says, there's coming a time where there'll be a a new man. A new species that never existed before. Where old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become brand new. And, and yeah, in that authority, that dominion will be restored again. All right. But, but not only that, but I'm going to, I'm going to give that new man, a, a, the name of Jesus. The name of Jesus that is the highest name in heaven and earth. In, 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 and that new man will be authorized and deputized to use the name that's above every other name. Not only that, but I'll tell you, we'll, we'll give them a new seat assignment. This new species, this new man will be seated in Christ. Next to the Father in Jesus. I'll give them a brand new seat assignment. 
They'll be seated in heavenly places, far above all principalities and powers. This was all conceived in the mind of God. And I'll give them all authority over all the work of the enemy. All authority over cancer. All authority over heart disease. All authority over fear. Over depression. Come on now. Over any work of the enemy. I'll give them all authority over all the power of the enemy. And I'll make them to rule and reign through one Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Now, if that doesn't shake you up tonight, because that's, that's who you and I have been made to be. That's who you and I have been made to be. That's why we were made for this day. We were made for this hour. All right? For the church to stand up and to rise and shine. All right? For God's people to know who they are, to know what they have, and, and to do what God has called us to do. Hallelujah. Without limits, without restrictions. Come on now. All right. And, and, and so, you know, I, I found myself, when I, every time I'd hear the word COVID, I would say covenant. So when I say COVID, you say? When I say virus, you say? Victory, healed, yes, all the above, okay? So I find myself just doing a word replacement. So when the news, they'd say covenant, I mean, I, I, they'd say COVID, they'd say COVID, I'd say, oh, no, covenant! Because we have to what? Renew our mind, be transformed. Be transformed by the renewing of our mind. Hallelujah. See, this is the greatest hour for the church. Let's have the most awesome year. Let's just make a decision, man, this is going to be an over-the-top year, an over-the-top season. Come on now. All right, let's rise up and to be everything that God's called us to be. Can you say amen? amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. I'm going to ask the worship team if they would come. for. There's a few things that the Lord really put into my heart tonight, and that was that there would be people that would be here tonight that you just feel like you've been dragging your feet. You feel like you've been in a place where you've just been dragging your feet. Where you know there's some things that God has put into your heart, some things that have been rolling around for weeks, months, years, years even. Okay, things that you've had just rolling around and for for whatever reason, you've just been dragging your feet to do those things that God has told you to do. All right? I mean, it can be, you know, sharing your testimony, starting another business or a new business or or uh, writing a song. I mean, who, who knows? But you just you just know on the inside that God has put some things in your heart to do and you've just been dragging your feet. How many of y'all know what I'm talking about, right? And then the other thing is, is that uh, you just, some of you might feel like you just been, um, for whatever reason, you just feel like um, something's holding you back. Maybe it's, you feel like it's your, the atmosphere that you live in, the home that you live in, or, 
or people that you are around. Of course, you know, we're not, people aren't our enemy. But sometimes we can be made to feel as if we're being limited, restricted, hindered in any way. But God doesn't want that, does He? He doesn't want us hindered. He doesn't want us limited. He doesn't want us feel like, you know, we want to, we want to be able to do more, but we just feel like something is, is holding us back. I mean, that's not God's plan, right? And then a third area tonight, the Lord said that there are people that want, that they want to do. They, they know that there's more for them to do, but they don't know how to get there. I believe there's a lot of people in the body of Christ that know there's more. And they want to do more. They want to do more for God. They know that more is ahead. But they, they just haven't found out, okay, what is it? How do I get there? You know, how does this work? And, and so if, if you fall into any one of those three categories tonight, all right? Tonight, I want to pray for you. I believe in, just like it says in Acts 1.8, it says, you shall receive power. The power of God, the power of the Lord to, to, to break off anything that needs to be broken off, but also to launch you or to send you into, into the purposes and the assignments that God has for your life. I don't believe that God wants anyone to miss it during this season. God wants everybody participating. God wants all of us doing what he's called us to do. And so if you're here tonight and you feel that, you feel that you've, you've been restricted, you've, you've been dragging your feet, you, you, you need the, the, an impartation of the Spirit, the power of God. If that's you tonight, just go ahead and stand on your feet and I want you to just go ahead and make your way to the front. Just make your way to the front. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. I've got a song you want to play? I'll just lift up your hands. Let's worship the Lord. Waymaker, miracle work, promise keeper, light in the darkness, my God, that is who you are. Waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness, my God, that is who you are. Thank you, Jesus. Yes. Waymaker, Miracle work, promise keep light in the darkness, my God, that is who Yes, yes, he's the way maker. Thank you, Jesus. Promise keep Thank you, Lord. Light in the darkness, my God, that is who Thank you, Jesus. You guys that are here at the front, just worship the Lord. Put your attention on Him. He's the way maker. He'll make a way where there seems to be no way. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, we release your power. In the name of Jesus, just as you said, you shall receive power from on high. Lord, break off anything that needs to be broken. In the name of Jesus, Lord, we release your people into their destiny tonight. 
in the name of Jesus. Go forth. Go forth with boldness. Go forth in my name, says the Lord. Yes. Step out. No fear. No fear. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Yes. Power. Power. Holy Ghost power. Yes. Causing my brother to go forth. Yes. No limits. No limits. Yes. No limits. <laughs> yes. In the name that's above every name. The name of Jesus. Yes. Authorized and deputized. In the name. In the name of Jesus. Yes. Yes. All authority. Huh. Yes. The name that's above every name. The name of Jesus. Oh. Power. My power. My ability. Yes. My power. My ability. That's what you have. Yes. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. My power, my ability, my anointing, fully equipped to do what God has called you to do. Yes, yes, yes. In the name of Jesus, to step out. Step out in faith. Step out and do. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. You are fully, fully equipped. <laughs> yes. Go forth. Power. That's it. Power. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Follow the name of Jesus. We release your power. That's it. There it is. Power. Yes, you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. Yes, all things. All things. You can do it. You can do it. You have His power, His ability, His wisdom. You can do all things. Thank you, Jesus. In the name of Jesus, Lord, we release power. Yeah, power. Holy Ghost power. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Yes. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, let's all declare that tonight. Oh, never mind. He is our way maker. Come on now.
Stretch your faith towards Him tonight. Stretch your faith towards Him tonight. Whatever you believe in God for, if you want to have your mortgage paid off, stretch stretch out your faith tonight. Believe God tonight that He gives you His ability to get wealth, to finance the kingdom, whatever it is. Stretch out your faith towards your healing tonight. Say, by Jesus' stripes, I am healed. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Come on. Use your faith tonight. Yeah. Declare a thing and it shall be established. Hallelujah. Come on. We're people of faith. We walk in victory. We're made for this. We were born for this. This time, this season. Put into the kingdom for such a time as this. To take take back ground that the enemy has stolen. Yes, to take ground for the kingdom. Come on now. So rise up. Whatever it is that you need tonight, just stretch out your faith. Believe God that it's done in the name of Jesus that you have it, that you don't lack any good thing. Hallelujah. That you have more than enough because God is El Shaddai. He is the God who's more than enough. Come on, let's sing that song one more time. I want you to sing it tonight with some passion, with some faith. All right? We make make miracle work promise Light in the darkness, my God, that is who you are. Waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper. Light in the darkness, my God, that is who you are. Waymaker, miracle worker, promise Light in the darkness, my God, that is who you are. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We make miracle 
promise keep light in the darkness my God that is who you are thank you Lord thank you Jesus oh thank you Lord just worship him worship him yes thank him for it tonight huh thank him for it tonight thank you Lord Yes, you're making a way. Yes, you always make a way. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. all lift up our hands tonight. Let's make this declaration together. Say, Heavenly Father, I come before you tonight. I know that you have more, more for me, more to do, more to be. So Lord, tonight I surrender, I consecrate my life to you. I present my body as a living sacrifice holy and acceptable in your sight. So Lord, stretch me this year. Take me to new levels of believing, of living, of faith, of giving. Take me to new levels that I've never been to before. Help me see things the way that you see them. Transform me, my mind, my emotions, everything. Mold me into your image. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's give a big shout tonight to Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Worthy of all our praise, all our adoration, all that we have is yours, God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for everything you've done here tonight. Thank you for filling our hearts afresh, for encouraging us, hmm. challenging us, yes. To rise up and to be who we are. <laughs> to be who we are. To take dominion. To lay hands on the sick and see them recover. Amen. I was stirred up, Brian. Come on now, I got to tell you. Some good stuff. So yes. I was back there praying, oh Lord, help me to do that. Help me to step up and do that. 
I mean, I know it here, but I don't always do it here. So, how many would say I'd be a doer of the word today? Amen. So as you go out this week, let's do it. Let's be who we're supposed to be. Come on up. If you're down there under the circumstances, come on up. Where you're, where you're above the principalities and powers. Amen? Seated in heavenly places. Amen. Father God, thank you for everybody that showed up tonight. Just bless them as they go. Encourage them during the week. We love you, God. We appreciate you so much. And one way we love God is by loving one another. So you're dismissed tonight. There's fellowship downstairs. Good evening, everyone. So glad that you're all here tonight. Thank you so much for coming and showing up in the assembly of the saints. Amen. We get to. You know, there's some people in the world that don't get to. That's true. We get to. And it should, it's a privilege. It's an honor. It's, it's fabulous. <laughs> My favorite word. Psalms 33 is fabulous too, the whole psalm. But I'm going to start in verse 12. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. Amen. The people he has chosen as his own inheritance. The Lord looks down from heaven. He sees all the sons of men. Wow. From the place of his dwelling, he looks on all the inhabitants of the earth. He fashions their hearts individually. He considers all their works. No king is saved by the multitude of an army. A mighty man is not delivered by great strength. A horse is a vain hope for safety. Neither shall it deliver any by its great strength. Behold, the eye of the Lord is on those who fear him, on those who hope in his mercy to deliver their soul from death and to keep them alive in famine. Our soul waits for the Lord. He is our help. He is our shield. For our heart shall rejoice in him because we've trusted in his holy name. Let your mercy, O Lord, be upon us just as we hope in him. I will bless the Lord at all times. Why do we bless the Lord? Because he's our help. He's our shield. He's our deliverer. He's our king. He's our Lord. He's our savior. He's our redeemer. He's our everything. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make the boast of the Lord. The humble shall hear of it and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name forever. Let's all stand up together as family in this assembly. Let's worship and praise the Lord 
for he is so worthy of it. Amen. Father, we love you so much tonight. We give you praise and glory. We honor your presence with us tonight. Father, our greatest prayer individually as you're looking at our hearts tonight is Ephesians 1. That God, our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give us, that's me, say me, the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of you that the eyes of my understanding being enlightened, that I may know what is the hope of his calling, what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints, and what is the exceedingly greatness of his power toward me, who believes according to the working of his mighty power, that I may be rooted and grounded in the love of God, that I may be comprehend with all the saints what is the width, the length, the depth, and the height, to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Father, we're asking you tonight for revelation of your son, Jesus. More revelation of who he is. Father, more revelation through your word and by your spirit. We've come to worship you tonight, and we've come to receive from you tonight. So, Father, thank you. Thank you for what you're going to do in our midst. And, Lord, our hearts are open to receive all that you have. Just take a deep breath and open your heart to receive from the Lord tonight because he's blessed to be here with you. Amen. Father, thank you for this night. The children may be dismissed. And one way we love God is by loving one another. So turn to your neighbor, give him a hug, tell him you're glad you're here. Well, good evening, everyone. Are y'all glad to be at church tonight? Amen. Well, we are going to, uh, well, before we receive the tithes this evening, we're going to welcome anyone that's here with us for the very first time. If this is your first time, could you just give us a hand raise so we can recognize you right over here in the middle. Welcome to Church of the Word International. We're so glad you're with us. All right, who needs a cash envelope for your giving? If you do, raise your hand. Uh, the ushers will bring one to you. And if you're giving by credit card, please fill out all of, all of the blanks. Psalms 132, verse 15 says, I will bless her, speaking of the people of God, with abundant provisions. Her poor I will satisfy with food. Psalm 68, 9 and 10 says this, As you gave abundant showers, O God, you, re re you refreshed your weary inheritance. Your people settled in it, and from your bounty, God, you provided for the poor. I want to encourage you tonight in this that the Lord is your provider. Amen? Yes. All right, so turn to Genesis chapter 22. I want to use 
the, this story of Abraham and Isaac. The Lord is your provider. That's the message. The Lord is my provider. And I know we know this story well, but let's look at it again. This is where it says that God tested Abraham. And he said, Abraham, I want you to sacrifice your blessing, the thing you, the promise that I gave you, the thing most precious to you. I want you to rise up and go to the region of Moriah and sacrifice your son as a burnt offering to me. Abraham did not dwaddle. He did not, you know, belabor this. He did not, you know, I don't know, and hem-haw around for the next two months. says the next morning, Abraham got up, loaded his donkey, took with him two of his servants and his son Isaac. And he cut wood for the burnt offering, and he set out for the place God told him to go. He's going. He's ready. He's doing it. And on the third day, he looked up and he saw the place in the distance, and he said to his servants, Stay here with the donkey while I and the boy go over there. We will worship, and then we will return to you. So this is a statement of faith. He demonstrated this prompt obedience and faith in that he, he didn't mess around. He's obeying God, but he's expecting his God to be faithful to keep his promise and to keep his word. So he took the word for the burnt offering and placed it on his son Isaac, and he himself carried the fire and the knife. And as the two of them went on together, Isaac spoke up and said to his father, Abraham, he says, Father, yes, my son, Abraham replied, the wood and the fire are here, but where is the lamb for the burnt offering? Abraham said, now this is what I want you to get. Abraham said, God himself will provide the lamb for the burnt offering. I want you to get real used to saying that. God will provide. This should be just a regular thing coming out of your mouth. You're up against it, and you've got the... You got the this and you got the that. You got the need and you've got the, the deadline and you've got God will provide. He'll provide the money for the bill, the volunteers, the, the staff, the empty space that needs filled, whatever. God will provide. He will bring it. That should be your response. You come up against something. Man, you're used to saying that. That is a regular occurrence out of our mouth. Did God provide? Yeah, he did. And you know what? He was preparing that in advance. You know, here's this little old, old ram who was eating all real good down here in this valley. Suddenly, he just feels like, I don't know, o- over this direction. I think we want to go this direction. And then once he goes this direction, you know, hey, let's hang a right. And you know what? I, I feel like climbing that mountain. I don't know why I feel like climbing that mountain. There's good grass over here, but let's climb this mountain. And then he's up there, and here's this, you know, snarly bush with prickers and thorns and stuff on it, but there's a good green clump of grass right in the middle. Let's stick my head in that. And now he's prepared. He's prepared for Abraham. God can do it for you. God will provide. He is a God that prepares in advance. He's a God that sees. He can do it. 
Can we just say some of that together? Yeah. Say, my God will provide. My God will provide. He sees in advance. He sees in advance. He prepares in advance. He prepares in advance. And he provides abundantly. Isn't that we read? We read that in Psalms. He provides abundant provision. See, our part is to trust. Our part is to obey. And tithing does that. It demonstrates that you believe God is your source. It's an outward demonstration of what you believe on the inside. It's also a matter of obedience. The word says that we're to tithe, and it's putting him first. The first, you know. So as we do that, let's, let's return the tithe, let's expect him to provide, let's put him first in our life, and then that gives him an access point with which he can give us supernatural provision and supernatural blessing. Amen. God will provide. Don't forget that. Let's pray. Father, we are so grateful to be your children tonight. We just thank you for your love, and we thank you for all that you've done for us and all that you're doing. And so, Lord, we just recognize you as our source. We acknowledge you as our provider and a loving father. And I just thank you, Lord, that you see, and you've, nothing has taken you by surprise. Every need in this house, every obstacle that we could come up against, you've seen it. You've seen it, and you've prepared the answer and the provision so Lord, I thank you that the answers and the provision, the money is on the way in the name of Jesus. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. And amen. And the ushers can pass the baskets and the people will give to the Lord. Somebody here needed that tonight because it was real strong on me that just say that. The Lord himself will provide no matter what it looks like. All right, a couple things in our bulletin tonight. Um, the ladies' breakfast is coming up on February 26th. And if you plan to attend, which I'm sure you'll not be disappointed in attending, uh, you need to sign up. Because we literally set a place for every name on the list. So do sign up in the back. There should be a sheet back there. You can put your name down. We are receiving... Um, items for the white elephant table so if you have something you'd like to put on the white elephant table please speak to Karen and um, be a part of that Jim and Deb Wolf are still needing some help on Tuesdays and Thursdays um, the way I understand is she did have some help lined up for Tuesdays and Thursdays to help with Jim's care and that fell through and Jim is coming home this week so Tuesdays and Thursday afternoons, she is believing for provision um, for those. And the way I understand it, there's no medical expertise needed, but I uh, do believe Deb is here tonight, so she's ushering in the back or something. But reach out to her tonight. If you feel the Lord um, pulling you that direction, reach out and see what she needs or how you can be a blessing, whether financially, you know, or yourself, um, Sowing your time. 